Welcome to the Bourbon and Browns podcast, where the size of the fish doesn't matter, but the amount of bourbon left in your flask does. Join us as we talk life, fishing, and everything in between with your hosts, Justin and Bryce. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to Bourbon and Browns. This is episode number three. So th- three podcasts in, I'd say we're becoming uh, veterans of the podcast game for sure. Just kidding. We're completely noobs still. Yeah, so we're horrible. It's all good. But uh, back here with my with my boy Justin on uh, Bourbon and Browns. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, nothing much, man. It's, it's Mother's Day. It's our Mother's Day episode. Um, so I just wanted to give a couple shout outs. Um, to our mothers who, uh, you know, we continually embarrass by the stuff that we talk about on this podcast. Um, hope they have a great day. And uh, um, also wanted to give a shout out to uh, the beautiful couple that just got married down in Jamaica. Um, one of my best friends, he uh, had destination wedding down there and it was gorgeous, an amazing weekend. And uh, I wish them the best. But now let's uh, let's get into fly fishing. Absolutely. Yes, we need we need to talk some fly fishing. So today, we thought we would, uh, in light of the the uh, the day that it is Mother's Day, we would talk a little bit about the uh, the Mother's Day caddis hatch that uh, you know can be pretty prolific uh, in the western uh, western states here in the in the U.S. and then uh, talk maybe just some like caddis specific stuff like. Uh, just just flies and and techniques and stuff like that and then uh we'll wrap it up with uh, a little bit on trip preparation uh if you're looking to maybe uh go on a go on a fly fishing trip and kind of what that looks like as far as some good tips and stuff to uh to make sure you don't forget anything yeah because you got that awesome trip coming up yeah yeah it's, it's closing in man so today is sunday so about nine days away yeah so you're going um up to utah right mm-hmm yeah, going to going to Utah. So uh, Sean and my dad will be driving over from from Denver to uh, to Salt Lake, and then uh, I fly in pretty late. I fly <laughs> I fly in at like twelve thirty a.m. on uh, Friday morning because you know I'm out here I'm out here uh, in Arizona. Um, so I got class. So I got to scoot up to Phoenix, fly out, and then my brother's scooping me up from the airport, and uh, we're literally just gonna go go straight to. The, straight to the cabin, which is about a two hour drive from the airport. Uh, probably crush a bloody Mary or something like that. And then, and then head to the river. Oh yeah. So that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't get much better than that. No, that's perfect, man. That's so, the way it should be. Yeah. We're probably gonna, we were originally gonna fish the lakes. Um, but it's been abnormally warm in the mountains. Um, so like ice off was probably at least a month ago, month and a half ago. So those fish that, you know, typically are cruising the shallows and stuff like that, as far as like, you know, fishing, you know, leeches and stuff like that from like a belly boat, those days are, are long gone. You know, you're gonna have to get pretty deep, um, unless you're fishing like super early morning or super late at night. So we're probably gonna just stick to river the rivers, uh, you know, in the area and uh and focus on focus on those pre summer hatches, bro. Oh yeah. Speaking of pre summer hatches. Mm mm mm. Two of my favorites. Almost as delicious as this ice-cold Michelob Ultra <laughs> that I am drinking right now. Which, again, is not a commercial. 
it's not a commercial, but if you guys if you guys listen to the last three podcasts, you will see a trend developing. There is a trend. And the name of the podcast is Bourbon and Browns, not Ultras and Browns. However, <laughs> I am about to have a glass of bourbon when my boys come over in about an hour and a half for the for the Cavs Celtics game. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean I had some bookers the other night at a restaurant. It's fantastic. Don't know if you ever had bookers, but I have great it. uh great bourbon. I like I like to stay kind of kind of trashy with my wife. Kind of trashy. So yeah. like I know well, so obviously Wild Turkey 101's our our gig, but B- B- Booker's was was real good. Pretty pricey, but what's the was that what you brought down to the South Holston? No, that's a that's a um that's a bourbon that's made in Clarksville, Tennessee at the uh Old Old Glory Distilling Company. That's that the was one some that good stuff. Yeah, that's the one that your dad bought the barrel, right? Or no. No, that was uh Yeah, no, that wasn't my dad. Oh, okay. That was that was Morgan's dad that we went we went to the uh, we went to the distillery and he he bought me a bottle and then uh I was thinking about doing the uh <laughs> I was thinking about buying up. a barrel for his company or whatever. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, good good times. <laughs> but anyway, I got about a swaller a swaller or two left and I told my buddy I was gonna let him try it today, um, during the game. So but yeah, we drank some of that, didn't we, at the whole well, we drank a lot of it at the whole We step. did. I think we kicked it. Uh, we crushed some wild turkey and then we filled up dude, we crushed pretty that bottle was f- pretty much full. Yeah. We did drink a lot. But we were also there for three we're, days. And that's like all well, we do on the water, so we're not yeah, we're not super fish. alcoholics. In slate fish. Yeah, no, not, yeah. not, not quite. <laughs> All right, so back to pre-summer hatches. Yep. Y- yeah, bro, you want to take it away? Yeah, so one of my favorites, and they're just starting to pop in PA. It's been, you know, the last couple of weeks, they've been uh, they've been starting to come off a little bit. You see them, you see them in onesies and twosies, but caddis. Um, one of my favorite hatches, and, I mean, you can just fish them pretty much from March starting with like the little black caddis um, all the way through the fall into October and even November with your October caddis. You know, it's really, it's almost an entire season worth of just ooey gooey goodness. And caddis are amazing. Like they, they fish go crazy for them. Um, you can fish them, you know, on the bottom. You can fish them in, in the, the middle of the water column as a, a merger. You can fish them on the, on the you know as a dry which is like one of my favorite things to do dry dropper with them um really uh you know they're they're almost in every water system which makes them like a pretty you know pretty solid you know fly to fish if you don't know what that you know what's coming off um so yes i mean this is one of my favorite times of the year because they're just starting absolutely so just to just to build on that, so so the caddis, so you know I've got my my dry fly fly boxes, so I'm not like super keen on tying dries. It's just a very um, very tedious process, and uh, you know you need very you know you need a lot of different materials and stuff, and a, and a lot of time. I don't have a ton of time, mm-hmm. so I I prefer to buy my dries. Um, so I I go through Dry Fly Innovations. It's a guy out of Boise, Idaho, like phenomenal dry flies. Like I encourage you to look him up. He sells packages of flies. Uh, you can buy them individually or, or buy the box. And so I elected to buy one of the boxes I bought was the caddis box. 
And it's, dude, it's got to be like a hundred and some flies of just, just caddis, like different, different types of caddis. You know, you say you got your black caddis, October caddis, you got your elk hair caddis, um, you name it, it's in there, you know, and it's such a versatile fly. Like it can imitate, you know, it can imitate a number of things. Uh, you know, you can fish it. Like my favorite is fishing it like on free, free stone streams. I'll use that as a, like you said, like a dry dropper. Um, when I was in Idaho fishing the, uh, the upper Boise, the North Fork of the Boise River, those fish love elk hair caddis, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I just, you tie on like a little olive or a little light, you know, like um, a light natural elk hair caddis and then just drop, you know, your nymph below it. And dude, they just, they just crush it. Um, But yeah, it's great, man. Cause you know, you fish all day, you, you might have like a pale morning done hatch this time of year coming off or, you know, maybe BWO hatch. And, you know, a lot of people will leave the river, you know, like mid-afternoon, late afternoon. But, like, if you if if you have the ability to stay or, you know, maybe just nymph a little bit or whatever, like, obviously the Mother's Day caddis hatch is, is an exception as far as, you know, it coming off, you know, potentially all day long. But normally your caddis, right, are hatching in the evening, right, really late, like last maybe 30, 45 minutes um, of light. And so staying to that peak, dude, the fish just go nuts. It's great. Yeah, so um, you know, I I think um, it's if you can if you can like you know just kind of fish the different life cycles, right? Yeah, sorry, we're I was more so talking you know dry, but yes, you're right. You know, like that that's kind of what we're getting at is um, you know caddis. You've got you, you, and I don't, I'm not going to get into like the genuses, and I'm not going to get into all the different like Latin terms because I don't know them. Um, and I wouldn't remember them even if I, I tried to. Uh, Come on, bro. Talk dirty to me. <laughs> you basically got you've got two different types. If you dumb it down, you've got a um, you've got like a, a case building caddis. And if you've ever seen like those little tubular looking things in the water, like sitting on rocks and stuff, um, sometimes they're made of like, um, you know, it's made of like gravel, dude. Yeah, gravel, leaves. Like little pieces of um, dirt, little sticks. Yeah, you'll see shell, like little shells broken up. And you'll I just mean, see tons of them. Yeah. Just and caked on the bottom of rocks, yep. especially in those freestone streams. And, and those are caddis. Yeah, that, that's what it is. They're, you know, case-building caddis. And then you've also got, you've got your um, free-living caddis. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you see a lot of those in um, freestone streams as well, like a green weenie. Like that's what, you know, the Pennsylvania fly is. It, it's a... Um, it imitates a caddis or like a uh, a rock worm, um, type deal. Yeah, I love the green weenie. It's my shit. Well, um, we we've, we've both been taking the green weenie for about <laughs> five years. Yeah, aka the army. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I mean, you can fish that all day, and I mean, I can I can I could talk all day. I could talk for hours on all of the different patterns and you know things like that that we use. Um, but you're basically like you can fish like those those imitations that are on the the bottom as they bounce around um all day and then you know right about an hour an hour and a half before sunset you'd fish an emerger which i have i have one pattern that i use um religiously as an uh, as a caddis emerger it's amazing and super easy um you know that that might get a a full blog post here in the next couple weeks um yeah but yeah, I mean, you fi- you start fishing that higher up in the water column. Um, it's like a pup- like a pupa pattern. Yeah, it, it, all, all it is, it's just it's just dubbing, 
Um, it's got a little bit of dubbing on it, um, tapered up to the top. You've got a, um, I use Brahma Hen um, saddle. Is this the Nantahala? Yes, yes. So this is the Nantahala oh, Caddis. Great fly. Um, and originally, you know, get off on a uh, on a tangent here. So originally I tied it in brown as an October Caddis, you know, um, imitation. Um, but you can just change the color, you know, change it to like, you know, pale, pale olive, um, darker olives, um, hair's ear, whatever you black. want. Yeah, black. It doesn't matter. Um, and you just got that. It's, it's the, the pulsating soft hackle on it that creates like the little gas bubbles and, um, all that. And it's just, it looks super gooey in the water. Uh, it looks great. Um, and the fish go crazy for it. It's nuts. I mean, I've I've fished that into into January on the Nantahala, and I still take fish with it. You know, they just love it. Yeah, and you were super effective with that uh, during during high periods of high water. Yeah, and, uh, and limited clarity. So that's another thing because you, you know there's so much movement on that fly. It's it's a lot like the hair's ear uh, when you use the dubbing loop, right? Because you're getting so much movement uh, that it that it really sets itself. You know. It sets itself apart in, in the dirty water, high, high water situations. And then obviously, you know, during good conditions, it's even that much better. Yep. And then, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's taken from, I guess, uh, you know, competitive fly fishing. The, uh, um, the theory behind these certain flies, these very simple flies is there's nothing to, um, you know, there's nothing for the fish to refuse. You know, it's very... It's a very simple just dubbing and soft tackle, you know. Um, so there's not a lot to refuse on it. They're bigger and they're thick, so you can, like, build a lot of weight into it if you want to. And they're getting down real quick, um, and they just look like, you know, they just look great in the water. And you can tie a ton of them. I think that's what's even more important is that you can tie, like, a dozen in an hour and you're not afraid to fish them. Yeah, some caddis patterns can get, again, like very tedious, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of patterns out there that are that are so good, but it's just like it's so much time, right, involved in tying those those patterns. I, exactly. Like you get into the whole. Uh, I know. I know dudes who tie like they'll tie hackle underneath it. You mm -hmm. know, kind of like a. Um, um, trying to think like what's that what's that fly um shoot oh my god i can't remember it like uh. a scud sawbug yeah it's almost like a like a scud where you you've kind of got like the antenna coming out yeah on the it, bottom yeah so they'll tie that on the bottom of it um mm -hmm. and they'll throw like little elk hair into it and you know all mm -hmm. kinds of craziness and it's like just, just why even take the time it's like some Davy McPhail stuff, man. I, exactly, and it, they like look just, amazing. Oh my god! You know? Like his cased caddis is beyond comprehension. Yeah, it, it's it's disgusting, but is it really necessary? You know? No, it's not. Yeah, I really it's don't really think not. so. You know, and we're coming from you know the, we're we're both professionals. We both. You know, we have we have lives outside of fishing that we have to, you know, we have responsibilities. So it's like if we can tie a dozen caddis nymphs or mergers in an hour, you know, I'm all about it. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, you get home from get home from work on Friday, you know, 
uh, sit down at the sit down at the uh, device and and maybe whip up you know like you said twelve twelve caddis you know in an hour and then you know maybe refuel a couple of other flies that you you know you might have not tied or or whatever whether you're replenishing or whatever and then and then you're ready to hit it you know for the weekend yeah and you're not spending you know an hour on a single <laughs> caddis pattern uh it's just it basically just comes down to like what's your what's your time worth you know exactly so I'm, like it's I'm enjoyable all about you know to, to try it and the challenge and, and all that stuff and making a perfect fly but when you're trying to reproduce it you know in, in mass well, I, I shouldn't say mass quantities but you know at least enough when you're out there sipping bourbon you can afford to lose a couple yeah and you're going to and that's just the mm-hmm. the name of the game with nymphing if you're not losing flies it's you know yeah you're probably not no, getting most down certainly enough, yeah you know and I mean, as as we've found out multiple times, sometimes it's that it's that crazy difficult cast that gets you hung up nine times out of ten that puts you on that huge brown. No, know? absolutely. And if you're, you know, if you're, I don't know, like, grow, growing up, you know, it's it, it's pricey, man. Fly fishing is a, is an expensive sport, especially if you don't if you're not really into fly tying, right? Buying flies especially good quality flies that, you know, will last you, you know, maybe 10, 20 fish or more and not, you know, unravel or whatever. I mean, you can get them from Sportsman's Warehouse. They're 99 cents or 50 cents or whatever, but, you know, they're not, they're not tied with the best, you know, materials and the best quality. You know, if you're buying from Umqua or, or whatever, uh, you, you're going to get a probably a better quality fly. So, you know, being able to, you know, having 12 of those, in your in your fly box that costed you you know pennies on the dollar to tie essentially opens up a whole nother uh whole nother uh you know opportunity as far as like where you're willing to cast because (laughs) we both (laughs) we both know there's some questionable spots that we've casted into but it's like well if i get hung up and lose my fly guess what i've got 11 others you know in my box let's go so exactly but if it if it lands perfect like it's it's gonna pay off you know yeah because i mean it's just it's just so fishy it's if you get if you get into like the the common sense you know common sense thing like psychology wise right like the vast majority of people aren't gonna throw that cast because they're afraid of getting hung up you know that's just like the it's just basic psychology you know risk versus reward and if you're willing to take that risk, kind of like, you know, Al Pacino on any given Sunday, you know, it's the guy that's willing to die to get that inch who's going to win. Um, you got to be willing to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, that applies to dry flies. That applies to streamers, you know, streamers specifically. Like if you read, if you read George Daniels' book, right, on streamers, um, he talks a lot about like like dredging, you know, dredging the bottom or, you know, playing playing with your depth. But like if you're not – if you're not where the fish are, which is down in the structure, you know, down down towards the bottom or, or you know what have you. Like if you're not losing flies, like you're just like you're not fishing them right, you know what I mean? Exactly. But that's a whole nother ball game cuz those are like 6 bucks a piece. So Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That that's why I'm all you know, about I'm all about uh, the cheap. It can get real expensive real quick. Yeah, and and for anybody that's listening who hasn't, you know, started tying yet, you know, that's why we we're constantly harping on you know tie start tying tie your own flies pick a few patterns that are easy you know and the the upfront costs can be like kind of um you know daunting but once you once you start 
you know, amassing those materials, it becomes super cheap. Um, and that's what we're all about, you know? Absolutely. What we always talk about, right? Like being, being efficient, cost, cost effective, you know, all those good things. And the beauty of it is, is like, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you know people like, you know, it's, I know you like tying, right? Tying is one of your hobbies. And so you're always branching out, trying to do, you know, challenge yourself, tie different patterns, find out what works, what doesn't or whatever. But like you most certainly have your core set of flies, right? Your go-to flies as, as do I, my fly box. I don't tie. I don't, I very rarely venture out now and tie like, you know, new innovative patterns because like, dude, I have no reason to, you know what I mean? Like my box, I have my go-tos for each, you know, each, uh, each uh, species of insect that I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to give to the fish. There's just no reason for it, you know. So, like, if you're first starting out, sure, you know, experiment a little bit, tie some different patterns or whatever. But, like, once you once you start finding those flies that, you know, work time and time again, like, that needs to be what you focus on, right? Tie them in different sizes, tie them in different colors, tie them beadless, you know, tie them with beads. Um, that way, you know, if you're if you're nymphing and you want to go to a dry dropper, you have something that has a little bit of weight, you know, so you can drop it down below a dry fly, you know, and it's not riding just under the surface, you know, if you don't want it to or whatever. Um, but, yeah, there's no reason to have 300 different patterns of flies in your fly box. It's just not realistic, uh, especially for, you know, the average dude who, who doesn't have, you know, eight hours a day to tie flies. So just, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of articles out there that, that give you that point you in the right direction as far as, you know, your go to. Fly, you know, fly selection, you know, based on river time of year, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. this is all, this is all like person dependent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody, my fly box doesn't look like your fly box, you know, but it's all about confidence too, as far as those flies go. Yes. So confidence is key. Um, but really, I mean, it's find a pattern that you like and all you have to do is adjust colors, you know, based on um, what you're fishing for. You know, so for the Mother's Day hatch, you know, out west, I mean, obviously, I've never fished out west, um, but find a pattern that you like, whether it's a very simple, you know, just dubbing on a curved hook, you know, um, free living, free moving caddis, or if you're fishing like for a, um, uh, a, you know, structure building caddis like you just got your your little like you know that pattern that you like whatever time in a few sizes you know check out the hatch chart and fish them with confidence you know um change your colors up because you know as well as i do you know I, if i go to a new river or uh if i'm having a tough day like there's there's those flies that you tie on your line and you just feel good Oh, absolutely. You, you you get done, you know, and you're about to cat make your first cast, and you're like, this is this this rig's gonna slay some fish. And more often than not, it does because you've got confidence. You're just in more it. in tune, man. You're just more in tune because I don't know, man. I I'm trying to relate it to something else in life, but you know, it's like you just have so much more focus because you know the chances. You have so much confidence in that fly that you're almost expecting a strike. You know what I mean? So your senses. Your senses elevate and, and your drift, right? Everything, you're really focused on your technique. You're really feeling for that, you know, for that take or, or you're really watching your dry flyer. You really make a good cast, you know, because you know if you just get it in the right spot, these flies are going to produce. And that's huge on the water. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, because we've talked time and time again, you know, it's not always about the exact fly that you have on, right? It's about the presentation and about getting it in front of a fish. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I mean, it helps that you have flies on that you're confident in. But, uh, yeah, dude, it just, it, 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 it's, it's weird. It's just a weird feeling when you're out on the water. And I think most people that, that are avid fly fishermen, will, can, you know, can relate to that, uh, you know, whether it's a streamer pattern or a dry fly or whatever. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I remember when I was first beginning, you know, going to the shop and you're buying flies and, um, y- you know, y- you see, you know, maybe a hundred different caddis patterns and you're like, I need, I need this, I need that, you know, I need, I need these 10 different flies. And then you're, you're out on the water and you're giving it maybe two, three drifts with one pattern and you're like, Oh, you know, I need to change it up. Like they don't want this pattern. Um, and the vast majority of the time, it's not the pattern. It's the, it's the presentation, you know? So, I mean, find a, find a pattern. Like caddis, caddis, I, I don't want to say they're super easy, but they're so prolific. Cause they're not, there's so many of them, but you're yeah. right. Like if you have those, those core, uh, those core patterns. Yeah. Get yourself a, a, a good case caddis pattern that you like. That's easy to tie. And they are, there's easy ones out there to tie. Um, and they're, you know, it, it's it's real easy just to change colors, you know, so you, you've got that taken care of. Um, find yourself a good free-living caddis pattern that you can just change, you know, you've got hair, you know, your hair is your natural, olive, and maybe black, and you're good to go. You know, you got it in three different sizes, maybe, maybe a 14, a 16, and an 18, you know, um, you can sometimes bump it down to 20 for like your little black caddis, you know, and, and that's it. That's all you need. You know, you've got your two confidence patterns in there and then you can branch out and you can tie, you know, some, some dubbing loop patterns or, you know, maybe some different emerger patterns that have, you know, elk hair built into it. Um, give it a slightly different look, maybe some flash. Um, and that's it, man. Um, just fish it. Caddis are, they're, they're easy. It's it's easy to represent them. It's easy to to fish, um, which you know, kind of getting my next point with um, Mother's Day caddis. You know, those hatches especially. There's so many caddis on the water. Um, sometimes your drift doesn't have to be perfect, uh, which is great. I'm all about that. Um, there's skittering caddis, so it's like you can you can pick them up. You can pick them up on the water. You can give them kind of a crappy cast, and you can you can move it. The drift doesn't have to be great, and they'll still hit it because caddis are like little they're like little drunk children in the air and in the water, you know. So, what you're saying is, if we were a type of bug, we'd probably we would be, be caddis. Yeah, we'd probably be caddis, and we'd be fished on the swing. A hundred percent on the swing. Yeah. Because we're just a bunch of assholes. That's why. I know you liked <laughs> that right, one. So, I know you liked it. Uh, <laughs> so you brought up a key point there. So fishing, fishing the uh, the Mother's Day caddis hatch during the peak of the hatch is quite a daunting task because there's so many bugs on the water. Right. Um, it's it's hard. It's hard to target specific fish. It's hard to see your fly. Um, I've been in some pretty heavy PMD hatches at times, and it's just hard, man. You cast, you lose your bug, and, you know, fish rises, you set. Not your fly. Maybe it's your fly. Maybe it's not. So the key here, you can do two different things. Number one, 
get there get there well you know well early and uh or early enough to to decipher so you know you're there for the for the pre-stage so they start popping off and that's when you can really start picking off fish right because they're not they're not blanketing you know the surface of the water so your pattern can still you know stand out amongst the uh the actual caddis on the water number two is varying your pattern so let's say you know it's a size 18 cat uh elk hair you know natural natural caddis um you know floating down uh, and there's and there's let's say hundreds of them maybe you bump it up a size or two um maybe you change the color slightly um you know maybe add something with a bit a bit of sparkle or just just something a little different right uh that either helps you identify your fly or two makes the fish want to eat your fly over, you know, the, the hundred other flies that are floating. Um, and, and really there's actually a third option is, is really targeting those isolated areas like back eddies or something like that where not all those, those, uh, those natural bugs are floating to, but fish are still kind of coming up and picking fish off. It's just, it's just increasing your chances, right? I mean, it's like, I don't know, you know, it's, it's just like, uh, it just helps with selection, man. There's just, I I know you know what I'm talking about. It's just so many bugs on the surface. Like you can't see your fly. It's just like a it's like a sea of caddis. Yeah, I mean, there's experiment really. Um, you know, I've seen yeah. I've seen patterns like if you've ever if you've ever heard of like a balloon caddis. It's got like a little yellow mm-hmm. piece of foam tied on the top. Um, I've seen I've seen X caddis that instead of like the little olive um, Zelon at the end. There's like, that's a great caddis pattern. It, it is. And it's my, one of my I favorites. It's one of the only dries I tie. Um, yeah. I love it. Um, but you know, you can tie like a, you can tie like a hot pink, um, you know, Zelon into it to give it, you know, a slightly different look. Um, you can tie in like a, a post on the top. Um, you really get kind of crazy with it. Um, uh, another thing that I like to do is, you know, kind of, um, if you're not, you know, if you're you're trying to target specific fish um, in the water column, um, or excuse me, on top of the water, you know, you see the you see the rises um, timing, right? So it's it's kind of a I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's not really it's not a science. It's more of an art, I guess. So let's say you see. You see the nose come up. He's picking caddis off the water, you know, off the top of the water. Um, time it, you know. See, like, hey, just in my head, like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three. Um, sometimes there's a there's a rhythm to it, you know. Just kind of like everything, yeah. we can get kind of yeah. crazy with it, you know. Like, uh, oh, yeah. um, a river runs through it, you know. Like, you know, philosophical. Um, the the little like uh, what's that? Um, for the piano, like a little uh. Uh, beat it's a, it's like it counts the beats i don't know metronome it's like a little metronome you know like everything's connected you know it's like the um string theory you know whatever i don't know i'm going off on a tangent but um sometimes there's a rhythm to it you know and uh, uh if you count the beats count you know how long it takes for that fish to come back up and scoop a little caddis off the water um you can time it and I mean, that's just another technique that you can use when you've got these prolific hatches coming off. Um, it's something that I love to mess around with just because I like to think I'm, you know, Norman McLean sometimes when I'm, like, alone 
on the water, thinking about life. <laughs> Which is, that. it's it's a great uh, it's a great feeling. It is, man. It is. Uh, it really is. I've I've been getting like kind of so kind of hippie with it. Now that I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Getting back to your roots. Yeah, man. So, another thing is during like a during a prolific hatch, like obviously you'll have tons of feeding fish, but um, you know, you'll have the rises where, you know, you actually see the snout come out where they're actually eating the adult right off of the surface, but you obviously still have a bunch of emergers, right? They're still under the surface, um, or even, uh, even spinners at this point. Right. So, or, or starting, should I say, um, mm-hmm. towards the end of the hatch. But what I'm getting at is those bigger fish, right. Are a little bit more hesitant to come up and actually eat the adult off of the surface. A lot of times, not always. If it's a if it's a fish that's isolated, he might be more willing to come up and, and eat. But if there's a big hatch, uh, more comfortable eating below the surface, right? Yep. So what you can do is you're going to be fishing that adult, right? Which you know any other fish could come pick up, or you know if if you do see a fish, you know that that's coming up but not actually eating off the surface, he's eating that emerger. It's usually a bigger fish, um, or usually you know usually a, a more experienced fish. So what you can do is obviously you'll have that adult on, but then that's where your your little dropper comes in, right? Like a little, I'm talking a little 12-inch dropper, uh, you know, maybe just a touch of weight, um, but nothing unnatural, like no bead, no nothing, right? Keep it as natural as possible, just so it's just sunk below the surface. And I'm telling you more often than not, if you could target that specific fish, you're going to be more successful um, because he's more comfortable eating, right, off of, uh, off of that emerger than he is off of the adult. You know, not always... But uh, that is another technique you can use. And, you know, obviously your, your dry is essentially acting as your indicator at that point. Yeah, so, so. Um, one, of the, one of the theories with that, I, 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 love, I love this theory. Um, and I guess it's really not a theory. It's rooted in science. But um, when, when the caddis emerge, um, they're, they're almost fully grown. Like when they hit the top of the water, they dry off for maybe a couple seconds and they're ready to fly off. Um, but when they're in the water column... Um, not on the bottom, they, they have like this little, uh, gas bubble that allows them to, to buoy up to the surface. Um, and they swim a little bit with their little, you know, creepy little legs, um, to get up there. But because of that, um, they're very vulnerable in that stage. Um, you know, caddis, they call them skittering caddis for a reason. Um, it's, it's, it's hard and it's calorically, you know, it's, it's a, it's a calorie game. Um, it takes a lot of calories for those fish to, to swipe. Chase those yeah. Um, cause they're, you know, off, they're on and off the water. Um, so it's very important for those fish to pick off these caddis when they're vulnerable and easy in the drift. Um, and one of, you know, one of the things that like when I was first starting to fly fish, I didn't really understand, um, when these caddis or when any type of insect is emerging from the bottom, um, it's quick. It's very quick. Um, you're talking a couple seconds for those insects to, to pop up onto the top of the water. Um, but it's amazing that these fish figure out that's the stage that I need to hit these insects at. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's just one of those things that's food for thought, you know. It's kind of uh, kind of wild um, in the grand scheme of things that they figured this out, and that's what they're looking for, you know. 
Um, so when you do catch a fish on an emerger, or even when you're fishing like a normal nymph on the swing at the end of your drift when it's starting to come up, um, you're literally imitating a life cycle that is maybe two, three seconds tops in the stage of this, like, you know, caddis or mayfly, you know. But it's consistently it's consistently evolving, right, throughout the process of the hatch, right? It's, it's happening over and over and over and over. Exactly. You know, not all of them pop at once, right? Yeah. So. And, and that's an evolutionary thing. Right. I didn't know that either, you know, because if you – if, like, these caddis, if they, they hatch – you know, they come up to the top of the water, um, they float downstream, and they just come up, um, and, like, you know, they, they, they'll lay their eggs, and then um, the eggs will get, like, you know, washed downstream, and it'll, it'll happen over again. Um, eventually, it'll get, you know, pushed out to the ocean, and they'll die off. Um, so they've developed these, you know, evolutionary traits where they hatch, they, sw- you know, fly maybe, you know, 50, 100 yards upstream, and they do it all over again. Um, and they hatch at different times because it gives them the best chance to survive as a species. Um, it's kind of wild. I get like super nerd about this shit though. I love it. I love it too. <laughs> no, it, you said, you know, you say soup getting super nerd, but going back to, uh, doing your research, you know, like you don't have to be an expert on this and, you know, and we're not experts. We just, you know, we read articles, we, we go out and try stuff and like, you have to, because if you don't understand that that window is so short, or why they do what they do, or how how this is all doing, it's just so fun, man. Like, there's so much to learn, uh, you know, in in the fly fishing, fly fishing world, and that's that's why I think a lot of us love it. Like, no matter how good you get at it, it's always going to be a challenge going out on the water, you know, because of these little minute things that you just talked about. Uh, you may have not have known that, you know, um, and that's okay but it it makes you that much better and that much more effective on the water. You're like, why why are they not eating this fly? Well, what stage are you fishing it in? Where are you fishing it at in the water column? You know, is it the right color? Have you ever, have you picked up any, you know, of the actual um, insect on the water and really like, you know, tried to match it to something in your fly box? I mean, dude, it's, (laughs) it's, it's a crapshoot, you know, sometimes like yesterday we were talking, right? We were just having, we were texting back and forth, you know, like kind of discussing some patterns for my trip. And I'm like, I'm like, it's so weird, you know, because PMD is, you know, pretty prominent on the Soho and pretty prominent on Western, uh, some Western, uh, some Western rivers. I love, I love the PMD. Um, the PMD, uh, it's a great, it's the greatest insect. Uh, it's my favorite insect. Oh, I love it. Um, my second they're favorite big, hatch. Easy to see on the water. They're pretty. They're they're kind of like a BWO, but just a little bit, you know, different coloration there. Uh, anyway, but yesterday we were talking, and I'm like, you know, like, you know, you could easily imitate this with with the hairs here, you know, in a different color variant. But what I found to be more effective is like, you know, using that, like we talked about yesterday, that pheasant tail with that hot spot, right, with that little yellow um, thorax, right, to kind of mm-hmm. imitate that that PMD to just just to set it apart just enough. And, uh, and that's ultimately, you know, what it comes down to, but it's, it's funny because like that might work, that might crush it, you know, you know, on, on a trip and then, and then you go back again and it's just, dude, it's the coldest, like you might as well not even have that fly in your fly box, you know, it's there's, just so strange. There's no rhyme or reason. But that's why it. I love yeah. it. Cause yep. it, it just keeps you guessing. Like there's, there's no certainties when you go out on the water usually. Yeah. I mean, a couple um, days ago there was a. 
there's a pretty good caddis hatch coming off on a little local local creek. I didn't catch shit on any caddis patterns. I threw on a midge pattern and it was game on. You know, it's like sometimes you just don't know, but at the end of the day, it's just fishing. It's just fishing. You know, it is. That's all and, it is. And you know, like maybe if you had a thousand caddis patterns, you know, and you were, it, it did, you just, could, could it have helped? Maybe. You just don't know. Would yeah, you, you really you know, just don't you, know. Yeah, you, do, you maybe you had the right fly, you just didn't have the right yeah. size, or maybe you're fishing at six inches too high. Maybe you know, maybe you need to drop it down a little bit. Like who who knows, dude? But that's yeah, that's the you fun. Really just don't know. You know, but, you're uh, always learning. You're always trying new tactics. Speaking of so. speaking of sulfurs and PMDs, um, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna give a another shameless little plug for the Frenchie. Um, okay. Yeah, let's hit it. Bec- yeah, because you know, I I was just reading. Uh, reading George Daniel's dynamic nymphing book again, because you know, I'm a loser and I have no life. Um, <laughs> like my 10th time through this book. Um, but you know, he, he has a section in the book where he says, you know, um, he'll fish a Frenchie over any type of natural looking pheasant tail or sulfur nymph or a split back PMD or anything. He'll fish a Frenchie and he'll outfish everyone with that Frenchie. Um, and that was kind of what we were talking about yesterday with, um, you know, that, that hot spot or if, you know, it's giving off like a slightly different color um, in the water uh, with the UV. You just don't know. Um, you don't know. Uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think you all know that I love the Frenchie. So that's enough for that. But, uh, yeah, um, Caddis. Caddis, man. I think we've... Uh, We've kind of crushed it. Like I think. Yeah. Um, and I mean, again, like there's, there's so much to know, you know, um, you know, inevitably, you know, maybe some of the things we say aren't, you know, hundred percent accurate, but from, probably from not. our foxhole, <laughs> well, well, from our foxhole, you know, like we're, we're learning. Um, but what, from what we can gather, you know, what we've learned online, what we've actually seen out on the water, what's in our fly box, you know, all that good stuff. Um, that's what we're trying to share. You know what I mean? Like there's, like I said, my dry fly box, dude, like literally 160 different types of caddis. Like, I don't know everything there is to know about all those flies, but what I can tell you is I'm, when I'm out on the water, if I'm able to identify the bug on the water, match it, you know, oh, it's a caddis, get in my box, find the size, find the color, let's go. And then, and then just adjust like that's, that's really all you're doing. Right. I'm not, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's an asominagus birdobitus or whatever. You know, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a bug, <laughs> probably not. But what I'm saying, Ephemer- you know, I'm not out there like pulling my species book out and like, you know, but I can identify basic patterns or, you know, even if you had a little smart book out there with some pictures, right. To help you, which is great. Like, there's no shame in it, man. There's no shame. Yeah. Have a chart, right. Have hatch charts with you for the rivers you're going. Well, this kind of gets into our preparation, right. For trips, but, um, well, that's a good lead in. Have a Let's little, lead into yeah, it. Yeah, have a little cheat sheet. I have a cheat sheet out there with, uh, you know, what the fly is, when it's typically fished, should I put this floating on it or should I put that floating on it, you know, based on what the materials it's tied for. Um, because I'm not an expert, man. I just go out there. I can, you know, I can identify basic bugs. But sometimes, you know, if you, if you didn't really actually pick up the bug, you may have thought it was a BWO, but it's really a PMD. You just couldn't tell the color differentiate or the color differentiation, right, from, from, a, from a far away. Uh, so maybe you're fishing, you know, and, and could they come up and smash your BWO? Of course. 
Of course. But are you gonna be are you gonna be catching fish after fish after fish? No, probably one just made a mistake, right? In in HRBWO when it really thought it was a PMD just because the last glimmer of light at the end of the day hit it just right. Or, and or and that'll happen you know. way more often than you think. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Um it, you know, another another little yeah. tip. Um if you think if you think a fly is a, a sixteen on the water, I guarantee you it's an eighteen or a twenty. Um mm-hmm. always go smaller than what you think it is. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's just another that's little good, tip. Uh, that's but good uh, let's uh, let's get into trip preparation, right? Let's do yeah, it. So trip we, preparation. Like one of the um, one of the first things that we look at um, when we're trying to plan a trip um, is you know we pick a river, uh, and that takes you know its whole other um, you know set of you know kind of information that we we're pulling a lot from of different factors. sources. Yeah. Um, you know, talk to talk to guides, talk to fly shops. Um, you know, weather, uh, things like that. We'll we'll kind of dumb this down. We'll say, hey, we picked you know a certain river. We picked the Madison. Um, we picked you know the South Holston. We picked you know the Blue, whatever. Um, we've picked the river already. Let's go from hey, we're a week out. Um, what are we doing from there? Yeah. So if we're a week out, right? Uh, if it's a river I've never fished before, uh, I'll look at hatch charts and uh, you can find them online. You can find, find them at the local fly shops in the area, um, you know, on their websites typically, but just take a look at the hatch chart and, uh, and see what the prominent species is, you know, during that, that time that you're going to be there. And, uh, and once you identify that, uh, checking in with the fly shop, right? So you don't want to, you don't want to aimlessly just buy, you know, tie a bunch or buy or tie a bunch of flies that really aren't going to produce for you. Right. So look at the hatch chart just so you're a little bit knowledgeable, you know, so you don't act like, you know, you're just <laughs> some dude who doesn't know what's going on. And then call the local fly shop, right, if there is one. The closest one to the river that you're fishing, call and call another one and kind of cross-reference, right, and see, hey, you know, hey, I'm not tell- I'm not asking you to tell me where all the fish are or anything like that, you know, because people get, people get a little butthurt sometimes about oh, giving yeah. information away. Or should I say extremely butthurt? But call them and be like, hey, I'm new to the area. I'm coming on a trip. This is what I'm thinking as far as the hatches. These are the these are the um, patterns I'm looking to tie. You know, don't choose 100 patterns. Again, choose a couple good patterns from, you know, some advice from the fly shop and then via the hatch chart and tie just, you know, four or five good patterns that's going to cover you and tie lots of them in different variants, right? It's going to help you immensely because that's half the battle, right? Going into the trip, your fly box is stocked with the correct flies and uh and you talk to the fly shop so now you got a little bit of the local knowledge and while you're talking to the fly shop right you're checking flows you're checking entry and exit points public land boundaries anything like that these guys are going to know right they're the experts in the area can you find it online of course you can find it online you know whether you know whatever app you want to use but i cannot emphasize enough the uh the importance of talking to the fly shop uh, beforehand, right? Like if you owned a fly shop, you'd want people to call you before they came to your local river, right? Yes. Everyone would say yes. Just say yes. 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 That's exactly that's what I would right. want. So that's, uh, in my in my opinion, like before I go on a trip, that's step one. Now, I've, right, like, like for my upcoming trip, I've fished this river, so I know the hatch chart already. I've fished it. I know what flies produce there. Um, they're really, you know, there's a few fly shops and stuff, but Sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes I don't do that. But it's, like I said, it's usually when you're going somewhere you've never been and you're and you're really trying to dial in, you know. 
um, the current the current conditions. Yeah. So, uh, um, I mean, that's a normal occurrence for you know both of us um, calling fly shops, yep. um, trying to figure out what's hatching. Um, you already know if you already know this river, you already know the hatch chart. Um, you know, if you've got if you've got some time that you've put into this river, you probably already know what works and what doesn't um, based on the time of year. You've got your, you know, three or four patterns that you're looking to, to fish and you've got your um, uh, your wild cards. I like to call them, you know, maybe um, uh, a rainbow warrior or your purple midge, purple midge. Yeah. Something that's like, you know, crazy that you want to try out. That's, you know, like your um, you know, after you've caught maybe like 10, 15 fish, you're like, all right, maybe we'll see what's up with this. Um, give them something different. Um, but that's, that's kind of a good lead into, you know, another, another little tip I have, um, when I'm going to fish a certain river, um, after you've talked to the fly shop and you've, you've done your research and you see like, Hey, maybe this pattern is, you know, is going to be a go-to this one, this one, um, you can kind of throw out all of those other patterns that you have in your box. So like, you know, if you're on a river where there's not a lot of stoneflies, um, you're probably not going to fish a stonefly, right? Um, you're looking at, you know, whatever, whatever patterns that um, you're trying to, you know, imitate for that hatch chart and that, that time of year and that time of day, um, you've already dumbed down your fly selection. Um, so yeah, so I like to do that, and I, I have a I have a little system that I use where you know I'll pull I'll pull certain flies out and I'll put them in like my little foam um, insert. You know, I'm like if I want to switch it up, I know I'm gonna grab that fly. Um, and then when I get frustrated and you know start not you know I'm not catching fish, like I'll I'll start pulling the uh, you know some some crazier patterns out and just seeing what's up or I'll throw some trash flies like some you know sandwon worms or some eggs um you know you you can get kind of crazy with it but um that's a I mean that's trip preparation 101 um the other thing I wanted to hit was get get like a you know I get I don't know I don't have a good word for it um dig into the internet right and and start looking up like you know change up your your keywords that you're searching so my my prime example for everyone that i always preach about with this is the south holston right um i had never heard of a stripper midge before everything that i looked at online all the hatch charts everything um never said anything about a stripper midge it was just like you know tan midge um, you know, cream midge, something along those lines. Um, but you like, I got real deep into YouTube and real deep into, you know, hatch charts and real deep into like, you know, these small blogs, like our blog. Um, and I found this thing called a stripper midge and I just kind of winged it, tied it up and it crushed it, you know, like, I mean, just sometimes there's a fly out there that's like specific to that river, you know, that you won't know about unless you, you know, really dig deep and do a ton of research on that river. Um, for example, you were telling me about, I think it was, um, you were up in Utah on the Snake River. Is that right? The Snake? Um, and you tie this midge that is just a tiny version of a mayfly that's pretty, like, popular 
on the snake. I don't know if does that ring any bells? Is that ringing bells? Uh, not particularly. I I uh, don't I don't know if it was on the snake. Was it when was it when I was fishing with my dad and it was like it was like my dad Sean's dad and Sean we fished the snake and it was roaring at like ten thousand cfs. Yeah, and you you had like a fifty fish day. On the snake. It it might not have been the snake, but anyway, like we'll have to talk offline and and figure this one out because yeah. I I distinctly remember this like you know like a light bulb went off in my head when you said this. Um, but yeah, so I mean, do some research, really dig deep and try and find that, uh, that one pattern that maybe flies under the radar or that's like very popular with the locals and, uh, you know, just tie them up and fish it. Um, the other thing that we like to do is get on Google maps. Um, we did this a lot with the Caney, um, cause we weren't super familiar with it. Get on Google maps and look for, look for big bends. Um, in mm-hmm. the water, um, look for, you know, riffles, runs. Um, sometimes, like, there's really good imagery out there um, that you can kind of see. Um, yeah, like, I have no idea what you're doing right now. What the f- What is that? Some partridge. <laughs> this Some is what we do. My time <laughs> desk. You're, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, what is that? It looks amazing. Well, actually, it's not partridge. So actually, what it is is it's from it's from uh the under the under feathers of a pheasant. Ooh, looks but good. it looks like partridge. Look at that. That looks like partridge, right? Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. So what I do that's the tails I use for my hare's ears. Nice. But it's not a partridge. It's from a pheasant. I I don't know where you're going with this. That's that's cool. It's awesome. I'm happy for you. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> well, because I'm sitting at my so I, t- I I do the podcast from my tying desk, and I've been I've been prepping for my trip, so I've got all these materials out, and I just <laughs> there's feathers sitting there. I've had a couple of Michelob Ultras, so I figured I'd show it's you like my partridge feathers. It's like a cat with a laser God. pointer. I can't, I couldn't can't even you think. Just support me? Yeah. Can't you just be a friend? <laughs> you, you show me this feather, and I completely lost my train of thought. I was like, ooh, yeah. what is that? <laughs> Whoa, it looks sexy. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh my God, no, bro. send me some of that. Uh, no, you were talking about the importance of Google Maps, and I can't agree more because Google Maps is such a great resource or whatever mapping program you want to use. Uh, you know, if you're launching a drift boat or if you're going to camp or if you're trying to find a place to park or, like you said, big big bends are really great, right, especially for streamers on certain rivers. Yeah. Or, you know, you can, you can see, like, really minute things, you know, sets of riffles, uh you know, you can see it during high water, low water, depending on what time pictures were taken. And uh, that's a great resource as well. So you can actually dial in like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fish this stretch day one. Really dig into the stretch and, uh, you know, and, lo- and look at all that good stuff. So I think that's like, that's like if you were doing a trip, that's like the per- preliminary, right, planning. Um, mm-hmm. That's just kind of gathering the tools for what you need and, and whatever else, like kind of the, in- the intel, if you will, uh, for your trip. And then... uh I think once you have like a base knowledge of, hey, I've got the flies, I've talked to the fly shop, I know what the flows are going to be like, I know, you know, what's hatching, um, I know where I'm going, first off, I've looked at the river, you know, is it Probably tight? Probably the most important. What yeah. kind of, yeah, what kind of gear can I fish, you know, is it going to be, you know, should I bring my dry fly rod, should I bring this, that, and the other, so that, that, that leads us kind of into like, uh, like gear planning, and I'm pretty organized, I'm an organized person. 
and I'm not. So I keep all my fly fishing gear in one tough box. It's a really big tough box, but it's in one tough box because I have a lot of gear. But what I do is I organize it, right? Like I put all my little things like my reels and, and, and my leaders and like all the all the little minute stuff that I don't need to be carrying in my pack every trip. I keep it in just like a little Tupperware box. And then I have my boots, my waders, all my rods, you know, all that other stuff in there. So when I'm prepping for a trip, all I do is I just roll my big bag out there with wheels and my handle and I just start loading it in there, dude. I don't leave hardly, I don't, I don't really leave anything behind uh, unless it's like weather specific or something like that, you know? So you're going to be checking the weather, right? Right before your trip. Talk to, again, find a weather station close by. Talk to the fly shop, blah, blah, blah. 10 day forecast, it's there. And, uh, and pack accordingly, right? For your, for your gear. I mean, you know what you need to bring as far as, you know, what you need to wear. But for your gear, that goes back into what you're fishing. So if it's a primarily a dry, if it's going to, you're going to primarily be fishing dry flies, then, you know, you have your dry fly rod, maybe a nymph rod. You're going to have all your reels, your leaders and stuff like that. And for people that don't go on fly fishing trips all the time, a good technique is just to lay it out, right? Take your tough box inside, put it on the ground, put all your stuff on the ground, lay it out item by item. And then just go through and start checking it off. Like, Hey, if I'm going fishing, what do I need? Okay. I got my rod. I got my reel. It's lined up, got all my leaders, got my pack, my net, you know, my boots, my waders, got the bourbon flask, got my bourbon. No, I'm just, <laughs> so <laughs> that's important. the first thing I do. I that's, go to, yeah, I go really to class important. six, make sure I'm prepped and ready. Yeah. Uh, but, there's but nothing no, seriously there's... for, for trip prep, right? Like that's, that's, that's exactly what I do. Like there's, it's, it's not really hard, right? It's not like a secret, um, whatever works for you, but a good technique is just to lay everything out. Uh, if you're not fishing daily, like Justin. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Justin hops in his truck and he's at the river in 10 minutes and he's suited up and he's ready to go because all of his, you know, he's been fishing for the last 80, 80 days in a row. Everything but is pre rigged for, for most of us that work, you know, we, uh, <laughs> oh, he starts working. <laughs> hey, I start on too. Monday, man. I start on Monday. That's the dagger, boys. Yep. That's the it's dagger. Over. Welcome, welcome back, Justin. Yeah, welcome to the real world. But uh, no, seriously, like if you if you're going a lot, you know, you know what you need. You have everything ready. But I'm talking like if you're going on a trip where you're driving, you know, five, six hours or you're getting on a plane or whatever, um, you don't want to forget your gear. There's nothing worse yeah, than, there's uh, than getting there and not being prepared. There is nothing worse. And I've done it before where I've driven two hours to get to the water and I didn't have my reel. Didn't have a reel. <laughs> it's It's just it's. It's trip killing because it's you know he didn't game do his over. PCCs PCIs ladies and gentlemen. Nope, I didn't. But what I've is done that again? Pre combat w- check, pre combat inspection. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, like, so you that's failed. one of the things you know. Get yourself a bag. Um, get yourself something where you know all your gear is kind of stored in there. Um, yeah, and it's always in the same spot. Yep, and do like a do because one of my one of my things that I do um, is I'll lay out my fly boxes before a trip and I'll, you know, kind of stage them. I'll, I'll put like the, you know, the flies that I've tied, I'll throw them in there. Yep, exactly. Um, and I'll do like a once over before I leave, you know, of the entire house. Like, I'm just like, all right, I quit shining that UV light at me. <laughs> it's killing my eyes right now. Oh, oh is that the, I yeah. thought it was affecting your mic. Well, I, I, that's what I thought too. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that was. That was Bryce with his like UV like I don't know Spidey sense light messing me up. I've actually again. been putting some of that on there. The UV clear fly finish flow. Yeah, it's great by Loon. I've been putting that on the tips of my flies and then just hitting it with the UV just to kind of reinforce it. Those thread wraps at the at the top. 
It's a great. I mean, and and it gives it a good bubble. Back you do it too. too. I do. Um, What'd you say? I actually, I actually, so I use a uh, I use clear nail polish to finish. Yeah, off some you of do my flies. on your knots too. Um, yeah, which is which great. you didn't you didn't mention that um, on our last episode. I didn't. So I'll hit that real quick about uh, uh, about our check setup. Yeah, yeah. So I use I use clear nail polish on my knots for my leader, um, just to give it a little bit of extra, you know, strength and just kind of like tie everything in, let it soak in. Um, if you haven't used clear nail polish to like finish off your flies, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it honestly it it's fly finish. Um, it's head cement. It's the same it thing. Is. Um, exact same thing. Um, I know because I've you know spent a ton of time sniff testing both of them, and there's no difference. Yeah, I got pretty high that day on <laughs> on nail polish. Um, anyway, I, d- I don't recommend that. No, it's not fun. Don't try um, this at home. But yeah, so that's what I use. Um, also, just a little like fly tying tip: the the UV clear um, goo um, is great to create like a little you know see through flashy bubble back on on nymphs. Um, yeah, especially for like the um, the juju betas. That's like that's a must. Yeah, it's it's great. It gives it a great look, great finish. Or prints um, or you know whatever stonefly. Yeah, you you can you can get crazy with it. You can do them on, you know, anything that has a um a, you know like a little like case over the top. So um well, cuz they have the different they have the three different types, right? So they've got like the flow, uh, I forget what the other ones are called, but they're basically thicker uh concentrate, right? So there's like that one's more so for like finishing finishing flies, right? Just for reinforcement and then you go up to the next level, and it's a little bit better at building that uh, that bubble, right? It's like a little bit thicker, and so it actually like creates your uh, your profile that you're looking for. Yeah, um, absolutely. So if you haven't done that, I would encourage you to do that for for some of your flies. It's it's a fun little fun little way to kind of manipulate your fr- your flies. Yeah, try it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So Unless it's more. back to <laughs> back to trip prep. Um, yeah, trip prep. Yeah, so we kind of hit. I think we hit a little bit about you know a little bit of everything that we wanted to. Um, yeah, you know, so. kind of getting into the the trip itself, um, where you've yeah. you've done all your PCCs, PCIs, you've you've checked That's everything, right. you've got everything, um, you're ready to go. Um, yeah, I mean the rest is just getting out in the water and trying it out, man. Pretty much, and like one thing I'd really really uh, encourage everyone to do especially like the weekend warriors if you go on a trip like i know it's exciting so you get there and you're all pumped up um if you have the chance tie up the night before you know just 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 the basis uh you know get your leader ready get everything prepped uh, i'm not saying you know you have to tie your flies on unless you're 100 certain you know what the water conditions are and everything like that i mean you can if you want but uh one thing i think that a lot of us do when we get on trips we get like super excited and we just rush we just rush, man. Like we don't, you know, step back, really think about it, right? You get get to that stretch of water, sit there for a second, and kind of kind of survey what's going on, right? Um, was there a change in flows? What what, what section do you want to fish first? How are you going to fish it? Are you set up properly for that? Um, is there any fish that you can you can actually see that you could go fish to, um, or or you can actually have to go fish blind? Because a lot of people are like so pumped, dude. You get out there and it's game on, you know, and you and you you'd be successful, but um, you know, some people that aren't successful might wonder why, and it's like, well, you rushed in there, like you didn't, you didn't do any, you didn't do any uh, site assessment, you know, when you got there. Um, so just take your time, enjoy it, slow everything down, tie your knots properly, you know, just take a deep breath, and uh, just really think about what you're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm notorious for, you know, rigging oh. up, throwing flies on, whatever, and then just like jumping into the water, splashing around, like going to that, you know, that that meaty looking run. Dude, you're like a um, four year old in rain boots. Dude, I that's yeah. late for that's, his buddy's birthday party. That's exactly what it's like, dude. Um, it's kind of fun, but it's not the no, most you're, effective you're pretty, way. You're to pretty fish. stealthy, man. Like sometimes <laughs> you sneak up on me. I'm like, oh. I Next am, thing I, you know, I, I got a 20-inch brown at my feet, and I'm like, oh, that's a nice fish. Oh, it's connected to Justin's line. Wouldn't you know it? I do like getting stealthy on the water. <laughs> too. Um, you're, sti- you're sneaky, yeah. bro. Like, you slip away real quick, man. Like, we're fishing together. You know, because Justin and I like to fish pretty close, as does Sean and I like to fish really close. Like, if we don't snag up at least, like, three or four times in a day, close enough. we're not covering the water well enough, right? We've we've left fish unattended to. There's There's water that was missed. Uh, that's kind of our theory, right? Because we just we, we just joke about it. But um, no, Justin has a way of getting away from me, man. Like we'll be fishing, and and all of a sudden, dude, like I, I'm doing something with my line, or I'm changing flies, or whatever, and I look up, and he's like 80 yards ahead of me. I'm like, what the? Just gone, dude. He's just like a he's like a river ninja. Yeah, a <laughs> river ninja. Ooh, I like that. Uh, the river ninja, dude. The river ninja. You are a little ninja, ninja fish, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like. There's times where I'll get it, like I'll just get in the zone and I'll just like scoot away, and I've I've literally like been left yelling for Bryce, like he's my mom, and I'm lost in like you know Macy's, and I'm like Bryce, where are you? Like all these Dude, people are that looking is at so me like funny. Crazy. It's so true because like when we were so like we fish some pretty heavily vegetated areas, right? Like I mean, Carolina, Tennessee, like there's, there's a lot of vegetation, so yep. a lot of times like. We'll be down in the little canyon, you know, and I'm fishing, and uh, and I hear I hear Justin like, Bryce, I'm like, is that Justin? I'm like, Justin, like looking at it through like I'm talking like a sliver of a crack. I can see him through the thing on the trail, and I'm like, hey, like we're you know it's a, it's just funny, man, because it's yeah, it's so easy just to get like you know get separated, but I, I love. I'm kind of bad about it, but I love fishing close to, to like, you know, like, Hey, Hey, let's hit this hole. Like you, you, you throw a couple casts. I'll throw a couple casts. Like when we started working it down deep Creek, remember that? Oh Where yeah. We'd be like, I Hey, mean, that's a good pocket. You want to fish it? Like, yeah, I'll hit it first. And then I, you know, I throw a couple casts, maybe catch a fish, maybe not. And then I'm like, all right, dude, hit it. And you know, cause we were kind of running a little bit different setup or even if you're running the same setup, it's just so much funner, dude. Cause you can share that experience with that other person. And that's what it's all about. I mean, really, you know, I, I would rather have fun on the water. And, I mean, catching fish is fun, you know. But if you're not doing it with your buddy, um, there, there's just something you're missing. You know, like, I would much rather alternate casts and be, like, nut to butt, you know, and just, like, enjoy catching one or two fish um, with my buddy right next to me than if I was all alone and you know, crush him and come back like hours later and be like, Hey man, how did you do? You know, like that's just not fun to me. Um, it's not. And, and like, uh, when we were talking last week, when Sean, uh, when Sean, well, I was talking to Sean, he was like, he's like, you know, it's, it's great being in Colorado, you know, and be able to go fish and stuff like that. But he's like, a lot of times, like I'll be fishing and I'll just, I'll just like, wish, like, I just wish you were like, you were here fishing, you know, like, you could just look down river and I'm down there just hooked up, you know, like <laughs> just, just reeling in Betsy's, you know, and it's, it's just fun, man. It just adds that extra edge, you know, not that fishing alone is bad. Cause it's very like serene, you know, like it's just, you're out there in the wild waters running past your legs, you know, 
you can you hear all the sounds. It's it's a great time, you know, kind of a, a, de- a decompress, if you will. Uh, but yeah, fishing fishing with the boys. <laughs> and fishing right now, every boys. day is for the boys. Every day is for the boys. You know, there's that thing. It's like Saturday Saturdays for the for boys. boys. Well, I hate to break Saturdays it to you, but every day is for the boys right now. So. <laughs> True that. Yeah. You and me both. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. But uh, no, we're... Uh, I think I think we covered the three things we wanted to talk about, and like obviously we didn't go into like extreme depth, which there's just not time for that. But it just gets people thinking, you know, because there'll be things that I'll hear or he or you know I'll see on an article or whatever. I'm like, oh my god, I would have never thought about that. And, and although it's a small snippet, it allows me to go do the due diligence right and then research it in depth and actually learn it. And that's really what we're doing, right? We're covering a few topics like. Is that the only way to pack your fly fishing bag? Absolutely not. There's a million ways, but you know, go go do some research. Like Gink and Gasoline, they've got some articles on it. Um, They're so good. There's a couple. They've, they've got a you know, lot of stuff. Too, so like bow hunting, same thing. Like dudes have tons, tons of articles about like, hey, this is what you need. This is how you organize everything. Blah blah blah. So yeah, create fun, your own. That's system. all part of it. Create your own yeah, system. Use it. it to you know in, intellectually stimulate yourself. <laughs> You know, and uh, <laughs> and learn yeah, that. There's a know? lot of stimulants, and that's that's a good one for sure. Yes. So. Um, but yeah, man, I think that's about it. We kind of uh, we crushed everything we wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, next weekend, uh, we won't be doing a podcast, and then I'll actually be gone the following week uh, on my Utah trip. So. Are you are you saying uh, I'm, maybe I'm by sh- myself? Next week. I'll be on live by myself. Yeah, we'll uh we'll we'll come up with something fun. We'll come yeah, up with we'll, something fun we'll do. Yeah, we'll work it out. And then obviously Sean and I will be together, so maybe we can uh we'll, we'll take pictures, of course. Uh maybe a few videos, we'll put them on uh put them on the blog, maybe write a blog. And then uh I think that's going to be uh that's going to be a good opportunity to uh to t- to just to kind of reinforce some of the stuff we've been talking about. Um, you know, going to a new place and and crushing it, hopefully. Absolutely, and uh, um, over the next week, stand by for some uh, you know, some awesome blog posts. I'm, I'm I apologize because I'm a little bit behind. You know, I had some uh, had some stuff going on the past uh, past few days, and you know, the uh, um, Jamaica wedding trip. Um, but you know, I'm trying Set to get back, back into it. Days. Set me back a couple days. Um. But uh, you know, stand by for some good uh, some good caddis patterns, and you know, maybe I throw some throw some sulfurs in there too, just for fun, because they're coming up here in June. Probably the nymphs Absolutely. are already moving. Yeah, so. I'm gonna be. Yeah, I'm gonna be rocking some sulfurs for sure. Well, PMDs. It's the same thing. Same. Same. Thing. Same. Same. But uh, uh, no man, fucking love chatting with you. Uh. I always learn something when we do the podcast. It's really, it's really fun because it's like, you know, <laughs> it's my uh, we don't, my we don't good talk sense of like, humor. We don't talk in depth like this all the time. You know, it's fun, man. Because I'm learning too. It's great. So uh, it's good chatting with you. And you're just like uh, looking at me through Skype. That's all. I wish we could. I wish we could capture this on. Uh, <laughs> it's on pretty video. good. We gotta, we gotta do one. Yeah, at we'll least do at some point. We'll do a live one. I do like can. looking at you. I know. I mean, I'm a handsome dude. What can I say? Yeah, I get to see all your mannerisms. I get to see when you're taking a drink of beer. It's great. <laughs> Which is like constant. So. 
Yeah, I mean, you might as well just hook up a hook up an IV. That would be awesome. Also dangerous. To the tap, straight to the tap. <laughs> that would be that would be dangerous. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to it, but be a little dangerous. But uh, oh all right, God. so that that uh that kind of wraps things up. Um, you yeah, know, we'll bro. see you guys uh, um, in a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll figure it out. I mean, we're biweekly, but you know, with the trip and stuff, so we'll we'll push something out. But yeah, blog posts and uh, happy happy Mother's Day, happy Sunday, happy Sunday Fun Day, and uh, go catch. Go catch some fish. Right on, man. Right on. All right, brother. Talk to you later. See you later.